Hi, and welcome back to the Voice First Roundtable, episode 15. Today is January the 3rd, 2019. My name is Bradley Medrock. I am CEO of a company called Score Publishing based in Nashville, Tennessee. We are fortunate to have the Alexa conference coming up in two weeks at Chattanooga, Tennessee, home of the nation's fastest internet. Tons of great speakers, tons of great content, including the company we're talking to in just a moment. Check it out. The website is www.voicefirst.fm slash Alexa conference. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. Joining us as a guest today, Brian Ross. Brian, say hello. Hey there, Bradley. Brian, thank you for joining us. So you are Vice President of Product and Services at PrivateKey. So share with us a little bit about what you do, um, a little bit about your background, but also what PrivateKey is and what PrivateKey does. Sure, my pleasure. So um, as you said, my name is Brian Ross and I work for PrivateKey. We are a uh, software development company focused on securing identity and transactions on the internet. We have a product called PrivateKey CX, which is licensable technology um, comprised of a RESTful API and uh, white-labeled applications or suite of libraries that help developers enable our technology within their applications. And what PrivateKey basically does is allow internet services to send challenges to users that they strongly respond to leveraging their mobile devices um, and the strong assertion is based on cryptography and biometrics. It is kind of turning authentication around and allowing people to authorize inline challenges sent from services. And we'll talk a little bit how that's applicable to the Alexa ecosystem. One of the interesting emerging conversations that has gotten louder and louder as voice technology has evolved and gotten more ubiquitous is the conversation around privacy and data security. Now, when most people think about that conversation, they think about it primarily from the standpoint of, you know, either one of these news stories where Alexa recorded something inadvertently and oops, my neighbor heard my conversation, um, you know, and how did that happen? Or uh, oops, you know, Alexa communicated something that, she shouldn't have to somebody or whatever. Uh, so data was being used inappropriately. But um, something that's talked about much less is is your identity um, and protecting your identity and what goes into that. And, and maybe if we could just start off by talking about for people who use Alexa or, or, or Google Assistant or, or any, any sort of voice assistant, what are the risks uh, to your identity? What are the risks to your privacy and the security of your data from the standpoint of how PrivateKey looks at it? Um, because I'm sure there's things even I'm not even thinking about. If someone asked you right now, what are the risks if I use a voice assistant, what, what would you say? The risks are often mitigated by limiting the functionality of voice assistants. But the key risk for a voice assistant is the nature with which one interacts with it. Um, Identity on Alexa for most app developers usually starts and typically ends with simple account linking when you enable a skill. Um, But with an account linked skill, one really shouldn't provide access to transactions with either financial or PII impact. Um, Because even though they're getting better at voice recognition, uh, on the balance, you know, having a device sitting in a room that anybody can speak to with a linked skill um, 
provides an opportunity for a bad actor to invoke a transaction that a user would not want them to invoke or a service would not want them to allow it. So the challenge really is authenticating and authorizing transactions and access to data through an interface, like a voice interface, that doesn't have typical means of authentication. Interesting. And this sort of dovetails with one of the things that I had read about private key a while back, actually. Um, that is a fantastic headline talking about private key is striving for, and in fact, has patented technology around a password-free future. Maybe you can share with us that a little bit of that vision. Um, you know, how can we get to a password-free future? Obviously, it's going to involve the computer understands our voice, um, but there's a lot of pitfalls along the way, people wanting to spoof us or, or, or things. How do, how do we get to that point that all of us want to get to that nirvana of a password-free future? Sure. Um, we are one among many companies working on this, and we're engaged with some standards boards on developing the standards that will really allow for a future password-free internet. Um, but we're kind of a ways off. But there's stuff happening in W3C and with the FIDO Alliance um, that uses effectively cryptographic modules, whether they're hardware tokens or, in our case, and with some of these standards, the devices people already have with them, namely their mobile phones. Um, adding a mobile phone and a biometric, you have effective, easy multi-factor authentication um, that can be leveraged really from any interface, including an Alexa voice interface. So our vision, which we share with many, is that people will be authenticating and authorizing activities, basically using their mobile phone and biometric. Um, and we've developed a protocol that we think makes that very straightforward and simple uh, for users to use. Dive in a little deeper than that. Walk, walk, walk us through, so, uh, and you can use uh, uh, a specific use case if you, if you want to share one, or you can just sort of speak in generalities, but what happens when someone engages a voice application that has used private key? Um, what is the process by which that voice application, the voice assistant or whatever uses private key to determine that you are actually you? Give us the, the, the nitty gritty, the mechanics of it. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just kind of set up and talk a little bit about the struggles with identity on a voice appliance and then talk about how private key can alleviate that. You know, the, the very nature of a public always on, always available Alexa device means protecting that information is challenging. Um, typically, companies limit the functionality of their skills or they have to compromise the security of transaction. You probably use some skills that, including Amazon's own shopping, that require a static spoken pin to authorize transactions. But hopefully by this time, we should all realize speaking a simple password in a public space is never really a good idea. Alternatively, other skills leverage temporary one-time passcodes. Those are the things you get through a text message to your phone that you then need to type or, in this case, speak to an Alexa device. And while those are more secure than a static spoken passcode, they are typically fairly inconvenient. Um, they're fault-prone. And unfortunately, uh, they've been determined to be interceptable by bad actors. So let's take just for an example, a banking skill. Um, you would, you know, right now a lot of banks have available skills and they're usually limited in what they can do. You can, you know, get a account balance or basic data queries. And in some cases, some people might find those even too sensitive to want to have publicly available on their publicly available Alexa device. With private key, 
the, the flow would be protected in a very straightforward, um, convenient way. You, you can imagine saying, you know, Alexa, ask the bank of tomorrow to pay my mortgage. And what would happen then? And, and you know, and what would perhaps it could say, Alexa, ask bank of tomorrow to send $5,000 to Bob. And Bob is somebody that's in my, you know, past payments list. But in this case, Bob is the one asking for that money and I didn't authorize it. In an account link skill, you know, it's possible that money could go directly out. Um, it's possible that a spoken pin would need to be put in, but it's possible Bob heard that pin. But in a private key protected skill, what would happen is my mobile device would immediately get a notification that would potentially read something in effect that, okay, I've initiated your mortgage payment. Please approve the transaction on the Bank of Tomorrow application. Um, I would click on that notification and I see a very contextual message powered by private key that would show perhaps the amount of the payment to who it's going, what my account balance is now and what it will be after. And I'd be given the option to press approve or reject. Um, in the case of the mortgage payment that I initiated, I would of course hit approve. And upon doing so, I'd be prompted to present a biometric and, and private key leverages the native biometrics on the devices. So if it was an iOS device, it would be touch ID or face ID or an Android device. It would be whatever the provider of that device is, is enabling for biometrics. Once I've submitted my biometric, the transaction would go through. Um, you could then go back to the Bank of Tomorrow and say, Bank of Tomorrow, what's the status of my mortgage payment? And it could say, you approved it on this date and it has been processed. That's the basic use case and flow that a private key protected transaction would be. Some of the unique challenges with Alexa devices is the session timeout for an interaction. So we're taking it out of band to do the authorization so developers would need to structure their applications to allow for that, but we still think it provides a secure and convenient way to add value to Alexa skills. And the example I always go back to um, is in Terminator 2, classic film. One of the scariest things in the film is you've got the robot, you know, the Terminator, spoofing the voice of the people he kills. And so, you know, I think from that point, that was sort of a seminal moment in pop culture where, Hey, just because somebody's talking in your voice, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, companies, Amazon and Google are getting a lot better at voice recognition. Um, the functionality is still limited within the Alexa ecosystem. You can't have multiple users with multiple identities registering multiple skills and, you know, or the same skill twice within the Alexa ecosystem. Google's a little further along. We still firmly believe there's some users who won't be comfortable doing really high value transactions with just their voice. And further, there, there's uh, business use cases where companies are now deploying voice activated devices in conference rooms. Um, and you may want to identify a person by their voice. That would be like typing their username, but you'd really want them to authorize or authenticate by using something like private key. Yeah. And, uh, and you painted a great picture of how private key is intermediates those transactions by taking advantage of other technology at, at, at the person's disposal. I think that's, uh, that's excellent. We've got two major events coming up next week. We've got CES, uh, going to be huge for voice. Then the week after that, we got the Alexa conference, uh, which we're proud of and, uh, uh, very excited. Uh, private key is going to be part of that with us. At CES specifically, um, and, and carrying over into the Alexa conference, I, and, and really, frankly, over the rest of the year, I, I think the major story is going to be vertical integration of voice. 
And so you're talking about banking, and I think that's such a good example. Um, and you know, you, you're talking about how some people won't be comfortable with making transactions or, or, or transacting verbally um, in a banking context with a voice assistant. I uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you. However, I would push back slightly and say it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, I think once people taste that future and they they do the first transaction, they say, hey, pay my mortgage, and it actually gets paid. <laughs> it's not late. It didn't not happen. One or two months later, the person's identity isn't stolen or something like that. You know, we're going to get comfortable with these things, and uh, the world's going to start to open up thanks to software that, you know, tools that you're providing for all sorts of much deeper, much more meaningful transactions. And I think CES, we really will start to see some of that, just even starting next week, a glimpse to the future. What are your thoughts on what we're going to see with voice technology in general over 2019? And what specifically is private key watching? What are those one or two touch points that private keys really monitoring closely um, that you hope to see some some evolution on uh, over the course of the, this calendar year? If a application built on a voice platform could know who's speaking to it, that would be a great boon for the first step in any type of authentication or, or authorization. Um, right now, it's typically limited to the person who registered the device. That's kind of the default and de facto person that thinks it's speaking to or potentially other people in the household. But if they get better at training to understand, you know, in a business environment where there might be 20 people who could interact with the device and the device would know who that person is, that would be great. Because then you could start enabling much more personalized skills. You, you could have authorizations going to the right people and authentication challenges going to the right people and enabling a real personalized interaction with the service uh, that the person's trying to access. We uh, did some work um, with a company up here in Pennsylvania, SEI, and, and we co-presented our pilot program using Alexa Skills, where they were enabling an advisor platform that would allow investment advisors to walk into a conference room and start asking for information on their accounts and, and start transacting certain things. Um, and one of the challenges they had was asserting who was speaking to the device. And, and they came up with a construct where instead of the PIN being their password, the PIN would be their identifier. Um, but that's still a little cumbersome and not a natural way to interact with the device. So we'd really hope to see both, uh, you know, all these voice platforms getting better at understanding who a person is. And that would allow a much more fluid and interactive dialogue. Um, also asynchrony, asynchronous transactions in a sense that, and I understand why Amazon does this. Um, once you initiate, you know, an Alexa dialogue, the service isn't going to wait beyond eight seconds for a response from the Lambda or your endpoint in the back end. Um, if it takes longer than eight seconds, it, the session typically cancels out. They've come up with some strategies for continuing that session. But in, you know, in a truly immersive experience, if I wanted to just have a voice interaction over a half hour in a business environment, have the device on and, and be able to easily interact with it, being able to continuously do so would be helpful and some strategies for that. One thing I think we're gonna hear about at CES too is sort of the continued evolution of 5G. Do you think that we need 5G in order to, and you would know much more about this than I would, but what what is the interplay between 
5G and authentication um, and management of like data security and privacy issues. Um, do we need 5G to sort of reach the point that you're talking about with authentication or are we able to do it sort of with where we are now? Um, I'm probably not the best expert on this, but from my perspective, we're okay where we are now. Okay. Authentication and authorization isn't a data intensive process. It, it is needs to be carefully structured. Um, right now, we finally have the processing power. You know, cryptography used to be pretty resource intensive, but rotating keys and, and digitally signing things and sending packets back and forth, the, the network infrastructure broadly supports that now um, and doesn't need any boost. Okay. Uh, good to know. I've been speaking with Brian Ross, Vice President of Product and Services for, for Private Key. Brian, I want to ask you one more question uh, before I uh, before I let you go. I want to step out of this uh, sort of serious uh, <laughs> realm of uh, you know making sure people's livelihoods aren't stolen from them uh, via technology, and step into outside of outside of the your day to day and and you know managing these concerns what what else excites either excites you or frightens you either when you take it either direction you want um i i guess i would lean more toward excites you about voice technology especially as we prepare for the alexa conference in two weeks you could name a company or a particular thing you've seen what is something outside of the realm that you operate in that you either have found intriguing about voice technology or excites you or you're amused by <laughs> share with us some thoughts outside of this realm as you look at as you look at the voice space sure private key is not geared specifically towards the voice space so most of my interaction with voice appliances is as an end user and I have become a voracious acquirer of voice-activated devices, but I don't find myself using them as frequently as I thought I would. So I'm really still looking forward to those skills um, beyond, you know, managing my semi-smart home, turning lights on and off and stuff. That would throw me. And um, I don't know exactly what that is. Um, and I'm hoping I'll find some stuff out when I'm down in Chattanooga and immerse myself, you know, around a bunch of other people in this space. Um, but primarily, that's where my excitement lies, is, is the promise of this interface, which, which clearly has plenty of promise, um, really coming to fruition uh, for my day-to-day -day life. Excellent. Yeah, we, we definitely and certainly in some spaces need a killer app. And um, maybe we need uh, private key in order to, to <laughs> unlock that capability. Brian, thank you for sharing this time with us, uh, sharing your expertise with us. Uh, private key will be at the Alexa conference. Do not miss them. Very interesting company. Brian, thank you for this time. Sure, Bradley. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. For the Voice First Roundtable, episode 15. Thank you for listening. And until next time.